Christopher Marlowe, an Elizabethan-era playwright and contemporary of William Shakespeare, is known for saying, Hell hath no limits, nor is circumscribed. For where we are is hell, and where hell is, there must we ever be. Coming from someone who wrote plays in the 1300s, Mr. Marlowe could have worked in modern retail with lines like those. Greetings, sinners, and welcome to Downhill From Here. I'm your host, Michael Commit, and on today's episode, my very good friend Nick Bishop and I call back on our Catholic roots and ask the question, what jobs belong on the ten circles of hell? Join us as we reimagine Dante's Inferno in the stupidest way possible, and also the most capitalistic way possible as well. Which then leads us to debate which occupations workers could actually take over the world, for some reason. So, if you're looking for salvation, good pay, job security, or enlightenment overall, then abandon hope, all you who apply here. Enjoy the show, and check your privilege at the door. Hell treats everyone equal. All right, so, for the sake of the audience, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, sure, what should I tell them? Uh, who you're from. Who you're from. <laughs> who I'm from. I'm from my mother. Um, she's a very motherly woman. Um, I, I usually call her mother. Yes. Hmm, very. And uh, where are you at? <laughs> I am at BYU with Michael Commit, of course, who is the host of this lovely podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you call it lovely and not a crime against humanity. Oh, uh, no. I mean, I'll, maybe I'll change my mind by the end, but for now, we're good. Okay. Well, if we're on the Geneva Convention watch list, watch list by the end of this, I see that as an absolute win. Amen. So would you like to, and you are an RA for a bunch of freshmen at a university that is drowned in vanity. (laughs) Drowned in vanity is pretty accurate, yeah. And the freshmen, so far, most of my freshmen have actually been really quiet nerds, which is a pleasant surprise. Hmm. But even then, they somehow managed to have vanity just oozing out. Hmm. A pleasant surprise, to be certain. (laughs) But a welcome one. one. Not really, actually. It's quite the opposite. (laughs) Oh, dang it. (laughs) Hmm. Well, at least they're not kicking down the door to get to the snacks. Not yet. Not yet. We expect that to happen soon. Mm. Um, If last year was any indication for the people at home, there was everything from picking locks on vending machines to climbing on roofs to setting stuff on fire. So much so that the police actually didn't want to help us. Hmm. Well, I don't think I ever got that detail. (laughs) But on the subject of those stories, so I have a theory I have a theory that up in heaven, God has what he likes to call the personal Bible, where instead of everything being written by prophets, it's written down as he actually said it. Kind of like a celestial dragon software, if you would, <laughs> which probably takes up a lot less storage than the actual one. Anyway, my guess is in this journal, he speaks incredibly plainly, and it's super easy to understand. And my guess is that in the entry for when he kicked Adam and Eve out the Garden of Eden, he said, okay, Adam, um, listen, so you're going to have to work for the rest of your life in order to make ends meet. However, I'm just going to say this right now, along with sin and death and everything else that's come about because of the fall, you are also going to be introduced to something called human stupidity. (laughs) Now, you and Eve are the only people on the planet right now, but give it a few generations and you'll see what I mean. (laughs) And Adam's all like, okay, is that a good thing? And God's like, actually, no, the stupid stuff is going to sustain your sanity, believe it or not. (laughs) And from then on to today, humanity's 
has been forced to work to survive, and we must rely on the drops and dues of stupidity to stay sane with our jobs. Would you agree with me? I think that's not a theory. I think that's just doctrine. I also think that's the origin of the stay-at-home father, the people who have realized that going out into the world requires that working, that doing everything. And they'd say, you know what? I just want double dose of stupidity without the work. Hmm. Well, you know what? F in the chat for them. (laughs) I think they've got it right. I mean, I'd love to be a stay-at-home dad. That'd be great. You just get to watch TV and play games all day. Just like invent some sort of device to rock your kids in the cradle. You don't even need to do that anymore. Hmm, that is true. He got an app for that. It's called Parenting App. <laughs> Get rich scheme for another time. So that being said, I wanted to ask you, as an RF for a bunch of freshmen at the University of Drowned Vanity, what are some of the details of the really stupid stories you have seen in your work that have helped sustain you through it all? I think probably the most common and repetitive stupidity you'll find is when they introduce themselves to each other. You'll just have a standard, you know, let's say you have a guy and a girl meet. Standard college situation. It'll go something like this. <clears throat> hey, what's your name? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, Chris. Wow, that's a really cool name. And it'll somehow keep on this level of philosophical suicide for days, weeks, and then even months. And at the end of the year, they'll look back and they'll be like, hey, you remember that guy, Chris? And everyone will go, oh, yeah, we love Chris. And they'll never be able to tell you a single thing about him. Hmm. Yeah, you know, now that I think about that, <laughs> that is exactly what it's like. So for those of you in college or about to go into college, be prepared for most of your relationships to be about that level. Now, the best part with the stupidity that comes from that is that because no one actually knows that much about each other, instead of spending time to get to know each other, do things that will change their lives and affect their future, they mostly just go around and follow their, well, we'll call it instincts, but we all know what it really is. The instincts have nothing to do with it. Animals behave smarter. For example, a story that Michael here is well aware of is one we call Vending Night, where once upon a time, a particularly unintelligent freshman decided that he could pick all the locks on the vending machines, and then they could just take the food. Okay, well, that makes sense. And so me and one of my coworkers, we get called in to prevent them from getting to the vending machines for quite some time. And they could tell us, oh, don't worry, maintenance will be there in under an hour. And maintenance, of course, also happens to be college freshmen. We say, okay, well, it's midnight. They'll get here in under an hour. So we only have to be here till one. It's not too bad. Time keeps going, going. As time's going, these freshmen are yelling all sorts of weird things. This is during the pandemic, of course, too. And so they're trying to do anything, anything to get us to take off our masks. They're coming up with loopholes of how they can take it off. Uh, apparently, if the air is humid enough, that means you're drinking water. Therefore, you don't need to have a mask on. Science. <laughs> Science. I was impressed. I'm sure he's going places, you know, like uh, jail. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. And then started coming in with the stripping off clothes and the touching us a lot. And it's like, okay, this seems uninspired. And eventually got to 3.30 in the morning and Maiden still hadn't shown up. And they give us a call and say, hey, by the way, sorry, we're not coming. And that was, uh, yeah, that pretty much, that encapsulates, is a perfect little episode that I think encapsulates really all the stupidity you can encounter in a college setting. You see, whenever I hear these stories, I don't know how to react to them because part of me wants to be sort of glad that people are ingenious enough to do that, but I am simultaneously (laughs) bummed at just how stupid it can get sometimes because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was impressed. You know, if these freshmen put 
the same amount of effort towards their education and careers. Like, cancer would be gone, world hunger solved, we'd all be, you know, one people, be Zion, be great. Instead, we're dealing with, you know, broken locks on vending machines. And evidently people ramming down doors with couches when they can't get to the vending machines. Of course, machines. and then pooping on those couches later. That's a fun story. <laughs> Incredibly so. You see, I, I, I slightly envy you, but at the same time, I don't because I love great stories. But at the same time, the great stories always suck absurdly trying to get them, if you know what I mean. Oh, amen. I'll say for anyone who thinks they want to work in retail or the hospitality service or housing or anything like that. It's the best job in the world in hindsight, but it's the worst jobs in the world in the moment. Incredibly so. I think I once saw this bumper sticker that said, like, I can't go to hell. I work in retail or something like that. <laughs> You're already there. It's either stay or leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that makes me wonder. So if you were to draw, this is going to be a super random tangent. Oh, I'm so excited. If you were to draw, have you read Dante's Inferno? Of course. Okay, I didn't know you would have. Okay, so uh, <laughs> most people I ask, what's that? You were supposed to read it in high... Oh, I spark knows it. That's not reading. Anyway. I mean, my last name is Bishop. I'm pretty sure it's required reading for the last <laughs> Your name. last name is Bishop. You come from a Catholic background. Exactly. It's, it's required reading for my birth. <laughs> <laughs> Just like freaking as you're as it's like as you're being born, someone's reading like the Divine Comedy. <laughs> as you come out of the womb, that's why you're crying. Actually, it's not because you're suddenly thrust into the world. It's because you really don't want to go into the seventh circle because you feel you just committed treachery with your mother, and you'd feel so bad for what you did. Incredibly so. <laughs> anyway, so if we were to draw the ten, it's ten circles, right? Yeah, ten circles of hell, well, but each seven technically is kind of mini ones. So yeah, whatever. It's close stuff. Yeah. If we were to draw the circles of hell, but then label them types of jobs you can do, oh. which ones would go where? Ooh. Hmm. Okay, so starting from the least terrible. Actually, should we start from the least or the most terrible? Uh, let's start with the least one and just make it get worse. The least. I feel like the least terrible jobs that are still kind of a form of hell would be coding jobs. Okay, that, okay I can see that because yeah. coding is stupid hard and it's hell on earth, but it pays really well. Exactly. And you can just go on to Stack Overflow and copy and paste everything you need. Exactly. Now, yeah. that doesn't make it any easier. You still suffer endlessly, but still, you got some... You got some There's uh, some outs. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You can see heaven in the distance. Yeah. It's perfectly coded pages. So you see heaven, just go to Stack Overflow, copy, paste one step closer. <laughs> Heaven's an HTML, turns out. If coding were religion, it would probably just be born again Christianity because, you know, just by Stack Overflow... Copy, paste, copy, by, paste. By Stack Overflow, we are saved. <laughs> Okay, so we got we got we got coding at the top. Okay, next then one down. The ninth circle would probably be electricians. Hey, my grandpa was an electrician. Okay, so he's gone through hell. What a good man! Oh, he went through hell for your family. I mean, you know, I don't know much of what he did. Evidently, he had a military contract in the mid century, and he can't talk about some of the stuff they built mid Pacific. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I know. <laughs> Anyway, that aside, all right, let's see. I would see. say electrician is ninth circle hell because it's a lot more dangerous than coding, obviously. You're liable to get injured, and you're always called in to places where one of two things happen. Either you're working in construction, which everyone always agrees construction is kind of a hard place to work, and your job's at the absolute end of the construction, you know, the foundation, all the walls, et cetera, are there. So you're always just coming in and cleaning up stuff. Or two, you're the guy who has to repair the stuff that's gone wrong. So if you're going into a place where they need electrical work, 
everyone's already going to hate you because they're upset that their things aren't working. So you just have to go into an already hostile environment. Hmm. But you have the you have the ability to say, you know, all I got to do is cross these two wires next to that inconspicuous pile of paper clippings and I can burn your project to the ground. <laughs> and then lose your job forever. So the brief moment of hope just crushed. I guess so. No, I can see that. So if I can add this then. So underneath yeah. electricians, underwater welders. Oh, definitely. I had an uncle, I think, who was an underwater welder. That is a sketchy age. You, you think he was your uncle or you think he was an underwater welder? Pretty certain he was an underwater welder. And okay. <laughs> a, lot of my, not, a lot of my uncles had dangerous jobs. I had two uncles fight in Vietnam. One was at Quezon. The other was a tunnel rat. Dang. Yeah. I am, man, my family are a bunch of survivors. Anyway. <laughs> Whether or not he was an underwater welder, I can't remember. But just the thought of, yes, you are in water where electricity shouldn't be. Uh, you're dealing with what are probably easily 10-ton girders that will squish you like a grape if you're not careful. And you're underwater, which, you know, for people with aslophobia, fear of being underwater in the open ocean sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dang. I almost feel like that might be even worse than uh, seventh ring. But, you know, that would have been eighth ring. So, yeah. Okay, well, you could put that there, though. I would then say seventh ring would be plumbers for obvious reasons. I That's mean, just a tough, you know, yeah. just putting up with everyone's crap, literally. <laughs> literally, or putting it down, as the case may be. I, we once had a plumber come out to our house a while ago having some drainage issues. And he said, that the only two things you need to know to be a plumber is crap is brown and crap flows down. And the fact that both the things you need to know for your job involve crap is just really sad. Yeah, it does say a lot, I suppose. Hey, look on the bright side. When people talk about, I have no idea where I just went, where my mind went with this, but I mean, just look on the bright side. I mean, uh, whenever you make jokes about dudes and pornos, at least the plumbers get that one. <laughs> the thing is, something tells me the actual plumbers don't get that, unfortunately. Probably so. not. It's, it's, the it's, one benefit seen the, in media. The one guy who becomes a plumber just to get the ladies. And finds out that none of them like you because plumbers crack. Yeah, it's plumbers crack. Even if the dude was like in a super duper shape, long blonde hair plumber, I highly doubt that he'd be down to get it down after dealing with someone's poop. Oh, yeah. I would say once you've just rifled through someone's poop, you're just not interested in them. I can't say that from experience, but just imagining that, I feel like anyone I've ever been attracted to, I would not have been if I'd had to dig some gloved hands into their feces a little bit before. Mm, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Godspeed our plumbers, though. <laughs> Amen. God bless them. All right. So we're on the sixth circle. Which going is pretty down. much the same garbage men. I feel really bad for them. Those men and women provide just an absolute necessity for society. And sometimes it wouldn't be that bad. If you could just stay in the truck, you know, lift up the big can into the back. Cool. But then you've got those people, and these are the ones that always have the worst trash. They'll just plop the bags out in the driveway, Aww. and the bags are really thin, so as you pick it up, it, it splits breaks. open. And if you leave it there, everyone's going to get upset, so you have to just pick up all this slimy, musty, musty stuff. Who knows what? You have no idea what it was before. All you know is God himself has hidden it from his sight. It's so disgusting. And you have to pick that up. And sure, everyone says, oh, well, garbage men get great benefits and pay. And I mean, they should. I mean, when I was a four-year-old kid, I thought garbage men were cool. They got to work that hydraulic press that could crush Which is cool. That is cool. But consider what you're crushing in there. Just yeah. Like, yeah, I hate to be the guy going by the mafia's home and accidentally squish a dude. <laughs> um, anyway, you two things. Pick up the body bag. <laughs> two things, though, that you reminded me of. In Vegas, when we first moved into Las Vegas, someone stole our garbage can. 
Really? I don't know why. It's like, I, I know I give Vegas a lot of crap as is, but like, first impression, it's like, man, what a low. Some dude. How long did you live there some, before that happened? No years. My family had, but I hadn't. Yeah. But just some MF in Vegas just up and stole our garbage can. Can't have crap in this ungated community. Oh, that sounds so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing. The other thing. Eventually, we got a new one. Of course. Yeah, but the other thing I'm thinking of, because yes... Not only God himself would want to see this rubbish on the side of the road. I like to think if I were put in charge of the world, we talked about this in my last episode. So adding it to the Constitution. Loyal fans will know. All 11 of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, if, I had a, if I made, I'd make a rule, garbage men were basically just repatriate, re-socialized arsonists from prison. You would chain them to the truck, but you'd give them a flame for what could possibly go wrong. But you'd tell them, okay, listen, torch the cans. Don't torch the people. Torch the people if you if you think they're not doing any good for society. This is beginning to sound like Mad Max, but hygiene, <laughs> clean Mad Max. <laughs> I mean, I almost would prefer that. Hmm. So would I. That'd be really cool for the kids. Mom, look, it's the arsonists. <laughs> they're a blessing to our society, little Timmy. One day I'm going to grow up to be like them. Okay, good. I'll go start an oil fire in the kitchen. <laughs> So you can learn how to handle the fire, Timmy. Just remember, when the fire burns you, it's not because it hurts, it's because pain is leaving your body. It just freaking becomes a salamander space marine from 40k. <laughs> yeah, those guys just are bros. Rage. Yeah, no, salamanders are actually bros and a half, actually, believe it or not. Anyway, deep lore, don't need to worry about it. Okay, so. <laughs> so that's sixth. Garbage then the fifth, fifth level. One. We're starting to get to the top five. We are. Um, yeah, now we got to be careful here. I would like to say, no, I was going to say the infantry, but I got some friends in the infantry and I haven't asked them yet. So, uh, well, at least I have some friends in the special forces that I know absolutely hate their lives. I can't, I I can't blame them. I mean, and once again, just like the last couple, like definitely a necessary service. My hat goes, if I was wearing a hat, would it? Godspeed to our servicemen. Honestly, yeah, they're awesome. It's just... The reason that's, that not that many people do it. I mean, if the military was easy, everyone would do it. Great yeah, benefits, etc. Like, you, good could, stories. Could you imagine that, like, uh, in an alternate universe, just everyone mass conscripted and wars are fought? They're just these <laughs> giant mosh pits of just death. The, the Roman military approves this message. <laughs> I think the Roman military did a better job than that, but... Honestly, No, yeah. no, no. Soviet Russia approves this message. <laughs> Comrade Stolen would like you to agree with this statement. Mm. But, yeah, no, that, that's actually, probably fifth ring. Yeah. yeah, my government teacher in high school, I won't say his name, but he was a ranger in the army. And I remember him describing what his job was like because we were – in the lesson, we were talking about the five branches of the military. And he was saying, yeah, my job was to kill people. <laughs> and he goes through the list of just what that curtails. And among which is you smell like crap. You yep. eat crap, mm-hmm. you walk through crap, mm-hmm. and you come back and there's some freaking airman, NCO, talking about his AC in his bunker, and you just want to beat the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah. So I believe it, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, that stinks. That one's horrible. Mm. So that's fifth. I think fourth we have to throw out there for just being legendarily awful retail positions. Yes, the one and the only retail I would say retail is always garbage. I don't know. I know of some people that were okay with retail, but that's when they were in a place where the customer base was a lot more refined. You know, it's impolite to be mean to, you know, whether it's your cashier or the waitstaff, whatever it is. But even then, I don't know anyone that enjoys retail. Yeah, back before we had fist fights in Walmart. 
<laughs> Among other places. I mean, I almost feel like that'd be the best benefit of the job if you're working in Walmart. Once again, come back to good stories. Yeah. Just like imagine this guy, his friends later on, hey, Chuck, we're going to go catch a fight. You guys haven't seen one today? <laughs> <laughs> um, then I would say the third ring of hell would be... We're, we're in the top three now, so we got to give this some three. thought. Yeah, these have got to be careful. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say fast food worker, but that's way too generic. I mean, that is pretty, that is pretty cruddy. It, it's down there. But there's got to be something more unique. Thinking through all of the career options, trying to think of ones just nobody wants to go into. And what's coming to my mind is, yeah, like fast food workers, actuaries. Um, How about actors? Actors. That is actually a good point. Not counting that small percent, they really succeed well. That is mm-hmm. a tough career. And often the ones who do succeed become people liable to go to hell for real. So that one actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, pretty much. I actually haven't met too many people here at BYU who say they're like, you know, majoring in acting or something, which kind of gives me hope. But yeah, because it's like you either wind up doing sideshows that no one's ever going to hear about, or you become so big that you you lose your privacy, you lose your independence, you're hounded by paparazzi. That just doesn't sound fun. Yeah. Like, some guys seem to weather it better than others, but there's a reason that there's not many actresses I really respect more than, like, the handful of actors that I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got, like, you know, your legendary few of, like, your Mark Hamill and your Denzel Washington. Your Clint Eastwoods. Your Clint Eastwoods, but... Yeah, the vast majority of them either turn into the scumbags or they just have to, yeah, live with all the cruddy stuff. Yeah. I imagine on this descent we're going through um, our divine comedy, so to say. Instead of Dante, it's Keanu Reeves who's guiding us. <laughs> uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, Internet Jesus. That makes way too much sense, actually. Actually, no, because Dante can't get from purgatory to paradise. So it'd have to be someone else. And then it's, instead of... Uh, instead of uh, oh, did I say Dante? Gosh, did I? I meant Vigil or whoever uh, his guy Virgil's was. Virgil, close enough. Virgil. Anyway, instead of instead of uh, Dante's dead wife on on the paradise side, that's when it's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one you want to see. He's who you came for. <laughs> mm. So yes, actors number on the seventh circle of hell. Only two more to go. Um, I would say the next would be actuaries. For those of you who don't know what those are, those are just the ultimate number crunchers in businesses. Oh. Which, if you like math, you might be thinking, "Oh man, maybe I should look into that career." But to give you a very quick rundown on what that's actually like, it's you're in a room by yourself because few, if any, companies hire more than one actuary. And all you do is compute stuff all day, every day. And all that they use your computations for, it's not like they're going to say in a meeting, oh, shout out to, you know, Billy Bob Joe for doing the actuary work. No, it's, oh, shout out to all these guys who used all the stuff he calculated to give us profits. So, you know, you're not even recognized. You're in an office by yourself doing math all day. So the only sort of people I've ever seen that get those jobs are ones who are willing to undergo a complete lack of human interaction, lack of recognition, lack of different career prospects for the sake of a very well-paying job. But personally, I just think that sounds like actual hell, just isolation with something drooling. You you are a human participation trophy. (laughs) You are a walking middle school philosophy. (laughs) Oh, that sounds horrible. And sure, I mean, you're a genius, yeah, but oh, man, that'd be tough. That would be. I just can't wrap my head around just how... Dull, yeah, that dull. would be. Dull indeed. I had it's like a I friend. Feel, oh, go ahead. I was going to make a stupid comment about they being the quiet kids of the business school. But anyway, go it's ahead. It's so true. 
But I had a friend who went into, well, I had a friend whose son became an actuary. And yeah, just his stories. It'd be so sad. He'd come home and, you know, his family would be like, oh, how was your work day? And he'd never be make noise, something sound along the lines of, hmm. And then they'd say, oh, well, did anything interesting happen? And the best story he'd have was either during lunch break he heard a good joke or he was like, there was this interesting equation where, you know, there was a quotient of blah, 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 and the square root of it, blah, blah, blah. And you're sitting there thinking, this man's soul is gone. It was sucked away in the numbers. It was sucked away in the numbers. It's all that's left. The numbers, Mason. What do the numbers mean? <laughs> What's in the box? I always think of it every time. All right, but then... All right. Deepest circle of hell. Now, traditionally, this is reserved for the betrayers. Of course. So if you remember, if, if you remember from the Inferno, it's basically Satan's out there having a permanent bro party with uh, Judas and I believe it was uh, Brutus. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just kind of freeze to death, actually. So yeah, it's yeah, it's not the best place to be. So what is the corporate equivalent of the betrayer? Hmm. This is horrible, and I'm not going to go with this as my answer, but the immediate thing that came into my mind was marketing. Um. <laughs> you know, I actually almost can't blame you, but please continue. Yeah, just my father and mother, both of them, would always make fun of marketers to death. The thing is, I feel like marketing has enough bright sides that I couldn't really call it, you know, the deepest circle of hell. But oh, the corporate equivalent of betrayers. Oh, I just came up with the janitors. Hey, my brother's a janitor. Oh, I'm sorry for him. I think he must be the strongest man I know then, because consider this. It has almost all of the bad stuff that all the previous circles of hell have. For example, it has the isolation of the actuary. It has the thankless work of the actuary. But it also has the dealing with angry people, like most of our first half has. Depending on where you're a janitor of, it could even have some of the military side in terms of you're liable to get injured or even die. Or, have to, this. or have to off a fool, depending yeah. on where you're cleaning. And it's got the garbage man and the um, plumber in terms of having to deal with actual literal crap. Not just figurative. I feel like janitor has the worst of all of those just combined in a package. You know what? You're not wrong. However, I must say, I feel like it would depend on location. That's fair. Because That's fair. janitors here at BYU, like my brother, like they go through a lot. But compared to other universities, I imagine it's a lot, a lot better than it could be. That's fair. Did That's you ever fair. watch The Community? I did, yeah. Remember the paintball? <laughs> I know they did the paintball episodes. But there's the one where at the end of it, there's the janitor just standing there in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And the place is just wrecked. Yeah, that it's sounds It's so horrible. accurate. I, I don't know. if Have you seen Ned's Declassified? Oh, my gosh. You just opened up a book of memories I never knew I had. You remember Gordy, the janitor? Relatively. I once saw a comment that said the most unrealistic thing about that show is that Gordy, who's the janitor, for those of you who don't know, is happy. Oof. And the sad part is it's kind of true because Gordy's the most cheerful guy in that show. He's the one that has all the best advice, etc. But he's the janitor. And it's like openly said in the show just how he has the literal worship. There's an entire episode based around the idea of how and why you should thank your janitors because they do the work no one else will. Man, God bless our janitors. God bless our janitors. I guess we need to come out and say that because we describe these as the circle of hell does not mean we believe that those doing these are going to hell. Oh, yeah. Most of those professions, everyone I've met now, I thought was an awesome person. It's just you're doing a tough job for some a reason very, or another. Yeah. Very tough job. I feel like, though, we need to do a time where we actually describe 
who in what position is going to what circle of hell. <laughs> Uh, well, F-Boys would clearly be the treachery circle, so we, we've already uh, covered the worst one. Dang. We're going 27 minutes here. We probably shouldn't keep this as long as, long as we could go, because that could go forever. Same. I'm in. All right. For our next portion of the podcast, coming back from an intermission that doesn't exist, <laughs> now that we have opinion and opinionatedly used our opinion to describe <laughs> what the worst job could be. Now we just need to draw up or workers' revolution of that job and what that would look like. So so janitor's revolution, or is it, it all ten circles here? Let's go with the janitors because they're at the bottom. The janitors. And dash it all. I feel like I should bring my brother on this if I get the chance. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, we can uh, tell him what our plan was and see if he agrees. That is a good idea. Tell you what, let's get something laid out, and then the next episode... Part two of this two-part drama. <laughs> Part two of the workers' revolution. Yeah. We will consult with a real janitor and discuss how he would take over society. I mean, the first thing, obviously, benefit-wise, the janitors have is they, they're all over the world. There's janitors everywhere. Find me a business or an institution that doesn't have a janitor. It doesn't exist. Now, lots of places will have a single cleaning person that will handle multiple, like, you know, strip malls and smaller family-owned businesses. Sure, sure. They don't have a specific janitor. But there's someone who does the janitorial job in every single business on earth. I can almost guarantee you. No, you're probably not wrong. So they're spread out everywhere. There's no, like, organization they already pertain to, so they could have a shadow network. They have access to equipment. You know, all sorts of things. Like, we, here in just housing, we don't even have the access to the heavy equipment janitor stuff. We barely get to use a broom, darn it. Honestly, kind of true. But we have this chemical called Devour, <laughs> which is just the coolest name that for a chemical. That is the coolest name for a chemical I've ever heard. And it's actually kind of, like, unimportant. Like, it doesn't really do that much. All it really does is if you have, like, a little TMI for anyone who's squeamish, but... If you have, like, a little bit of vomit or blood or something on the ground, you just put a little bit of this on it, and it'll solidify it. And then you can, you know, like, get some gloves and just pick it up and put it in a bag. Dang, you know, you said devour. I just thought of, like, you know, just pH level negative who knows what acid that just <laughs> dissolves it. Honestly, I, I don't, I'm not sure how it works, but it could that way. But they told us specifically, never let it come in contact with your skin at all. Because it'll give second to even like third degree burns, apparently. Because it'll just solidify Ow. your skin and it'll just like fall off like a block. And so, I'm thinking, what if they like weaponize that into an aerosol? Yeah. What? Dude, I, okay, picture this. We're walking down the street. All of a sudden, it's going to freaking like Van Helsing. There's just going to be a, <laughs> there's going to be a fighting wing of V-52s. And we're going to look up and they're going to have like on their wings the insignia of like a mop and a bucket. <laughs> The bay, the, doors, together. the bay doors open and out drop these giant canisters. They don't even look like bombs. But they get to like airburst level it's and they... Ziploc bags of devour. Yeah, just Ziploc bags of devour. It, like it's a, it's a cluster bomb. It blows up. The bags go everywhere. And then they just dissolve and cover everything. That would honestly be really effective. And, you know, some people might be thinking, okay, well, yeah, sure. But conventional military weaponry is going to be more effective. And you know what? I agree. But once again... It comes back to the original point. There's just so many janitors. No that, military is going to match those numbers. That, but they could also drop this line. We are here to cleanse the world. Hooray, it's the janitors <laughs> from yourselves. Oh, oh no, no, it's, it's the, the janitors. janitors. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is I could see that. And yeah, just janitors, they've always been good 
at doing what needs to be done without recognition. But so you think applying that to a military. They, you push them over the edge and they They've will take... They've gone postal. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're at to clean up the world now. <laughs> and they decided the filth is humanity. We are the specks of bacteria facing their ginormous mops. You ever seen The Matrix? Oh, of course. Of course, Agent Smith with... Human beings are a disease. He's like, like wearing freaking overalls instead. He's got like a mop in one There's hand. Overalls and the, the square hat. baseball hat. He, that he's still got the glasses, have. but he's like, you know, bent over Morpheus doing the same thing. That'd be awesome. The worst part is, is yeah, I honestly think that, that's the other question is if you had one profession that if they all got together, could they take over the world? I think janitors actually have a pretty good, you know, shot at it. Maybe, maybe. That are like chemists or something. Chemists would be reason. terrifying. And, you know, you can't just take flat-out military. That's no fun. Or how about... That's what you're supposed to do. Oh, gosh. I wish I knew the Fallout references. But imagine an enclave of just, like, engineers who are fed up with everything, who have got a bottomless budget and limitless resources. That would be scary. You know, you have to wonder if janitors could access semi-infinite resources. Because I doubt most institutions really pay that much attention to how much the janitors are spending on their materials. And so, you know, if they have like a year or two to plan this, who's to say they don't just siphon 10 or 15 more dollars from the budget every week? Yeah, that can and, add up to a lot of devour. And, yeah, a lot of devour. And they probably know all the intricate roots, both physically and metaphorically, inside the business. Yeah. The sleazy underbelly to they get those cash. They have all the cash. blackmail because people talk around them, et cetera. I think Chandler's have got a pretty good shot at this. I think so, too. My gosh, I have never thought of that before. So when the world finally goes to heck and society comes crumbling down... There to clean it up and take over will be the janitors. <laughs> and your brother will be governor of the United States or something like that. You know, something Woo! impressive. Sweet. They'll call him Supreme Leader Lord Majesty Governor. And Supreme you have to say that full Leader thing Lord Majesty Governor Daniel commits king and most holy of the janitors. <laughs> something in v Italian. V Vicar of the Holy Lands. <laughs> Cleanser of the earth. Count of California. <laughs> and the ultimate mop. Man. <laughs> Wielder of the holy mop. Wielder of the holy mop. Wielder of the sacred... Sacred broom. Until I could come with something better. And the great devourer. <laughs> and wielder of the zealous vacuum. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, next time, we'll get him on, and then we can actually discuss this in detail. We'll see if he approves of the title. I personally think, I think he'll he will. it from then on. Oh, you've met him. He's into stuff like this. Oh yeah, he's very into that. Yeah, I think maybe they're already plotting it. Yeah, maybe so. We don't know, man. <laughs> we don't know. When was the last time you were at a meeting of all janitors? Hmm, audience? Never. I've never been to a secret meeting of all janitors. You ever just, you know, walking down Main Street, and you see a hooded figure holding a mop next to a staircase down to a shady room? You ever see that? Guess what? They're meeting. They're plotting to take over the world. We're turning into <laughs> Alex Jones really quickly. <laughs> They're turning the frogs gay. That's their first <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, we're at 35 minutes here, so we'll probably wrap this up. But as a teaser for next time, tune in as we get the approval from... Crap, what was the title? Uh, oh, uh, it was Supreme Leader, Lord Majesty, Governor, I think. Supreme Lord Majesty, Mad... Whatever, Daniel. <laughs> we shall discuss their plans. The most holy, Daniel. And we shall reveal to the world their plans to take over. All right, cool beans then. Well, anything else stupid you wanted to say? Um... Don't eat red jelly beans. All right. And on that note, remember, kids, take your vitamins, uh, punch the bad dudes, 
And always do a backflip, snap his neck, and, save, and, the and day. save the day. Exactly. Congratulations! You've made it through the ten circles of hell and are now climbing the capitalistic version of Satan's body into purgatory. Remember, we're not able to follow you this far, or at least for the first few levels of purgatory. But remember, on your way to paradise, don't forget to follow this podcast on whatever platform you happen to be listening on. And while you're at it, you can also follow us on Instagram at downhillfromhere.podcast. If you'd like us to mention your list of jobs that should be long in hell on the next episode, or suggest other wacky topics for future discussions, then feel free to DM me on any of those sites. And remember, you are a beautiful person, and I hope you have a wonderful day.